Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 43, verse 14, it says, Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake have I sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans who cry is in the ships. See, they, they had been transported from the promised land uh, into Babylonian captivity. And so they have, like we all do, have a propensity to cry out to God when we're in trouble. I wish I had me somebody to, to say amen right there because that's the truth and nothing but the truth. We, we, when we get in trouble, we know how to call on Jesus. So they're crying out. And this is what he said. I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way. How many of you know he'll make a way? He said, he maketh a way in the sea and in a path in the mighty waters. He's referring to when they left Egypt land. He says, which bringeth forth the chariot and the horses, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Then he says, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. <laughs> now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? It will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. My God, look what he's able to do. He says, the beasts of the field shall honor me and the dragons and the owls because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I form for myself. You, you ever wonder why you're here? <laughs> Has nothing to do with you, sweetheart has everything to do with God. He created you for his pleasure. He said that. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. One scripture in the New Testament, if you would. In the book of 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Paul is the writer here. Paul says these words to the Corinthian saints second corinthians 5 and 17 therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things are become new eternal god we're so grateful and thankful to you for this day 
For again, we acknowledge this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be exceedingly glad to be a part of it. We realize, Lord, that we are blessed because we have rose this morning and we are on this side of the grave. So we still have clapping in our hands, stomping in our feet, and able to lift up your name in praise. So we bless you and we thank you today. And we ask right now, Lord, that we would be found not just to hear her today, but being a doer of it. And Lord, as always, please your servant. Would you please help me? Would you lend me your anointing that can and will destroy every yoke and fetter in this place. And Lord, when lives are changed and souls are converted and those that have never repented of their sins repent and are baptized in your name and then you fill them with your precious Holy Ghost, we'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and that of the praise. And everyone say in Jesus' name. I'd like to minister to you from the thought, God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. I don't know about you, but I, I'm excited when I see God do something in my life that I've never experienced. How many of you know that life is nothing but a bunch of experiences? Good, bad, and, or, or indifferent. But whatever it is, God has this experience for you that's bringing about a change in your life that you can honestly say, God is doing a new thing in my life. <laughs> I'd like to just go back, if you please, as, because as we looked at this writing in Isaiah, a, a brief synopsis would be in order. We find that Isaiah is writing to the children of Israel in a dark and bleak period in their history. They're in captivity. They've lost everything that they thought that they would have forever. They're homeless. They're homesick. For the land of blessings that had been given to them by God. Now, personally, I believe most of us can identify with their plight. <laughs> we can identify with the blessings that have been bestowed upon them. And we can even identify as we find them walking in disobedience, rebellion. As we would say in this 21st century modern day vernacular, Israel I feel you. <laughs> but, but see, I'm saying this is Israel, God's chosen people that we're talking about. So it is. Isaiah, he's writing, he's pinning it out, if you please, all of the dark and the bleak period of their history. And as these things that had happened transpired in their lives, uh, by chance, could it have been found also in our lives? Some of us, we've lost homes, we've lost cars, we even lost jobs. And we thought that those things would be there forever. Until one day you walk into your workplace and they give you this pink slip. <laughs> and they say your services are no longer needed. Some of y'all might be in supervisory positions. You say, that'll never happen to me. But they say, well, no, we're downsizing. We're outsourcing. We don't need you. We've got cheaper labor now. So looking at those things that happened to them, surely now somebody should be able to identify with where they are. Well, I've just come to encourage those that can. I've come to encourage you that 
in this message, if you would just embrace it, get a hold of it. God is about to do a new thing in your life. Hallelujah. There's a new thing that he's doing. And in order to embrace it, to, to take hold of this new thing, you must first be willing to allow God. Let him do what he does best. See, you, we have a propensity to hold on to stuff. We find ourselves yet holding on to stuff that happened to us. I mean, 2017 is gone and y'all still holding on to some stuff. And even some stuff beyond that. We're just refusing to let it go. Turn to somebody and say, let it go. Come on, don't hold on to that stuff. Give it to Jesus. So instead of allowing and inviting the new thing that God has in store for us, we find ourselves with that old mindset, that old mentality, instead of the renewed mind that is offered to us by Christ Jesus. So come on, my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors. Embrace the new thing. Somebody shout a new thing. Embrace the new thing that God wants to do in your life. But first things first, you must allow him. Secondly, you've got to change your focus. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm not talking about a new prescription for your natural eyes. See, every two years I got to get these things recalibrated because I, I don't see you as clear. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a new prescription for your natural eyes. I'm talking about your spiritual vision. You need to change your focus. And quit looking behind and start looking ahead. Oh, I, I want to tell somebody your future is bright, but you got to start seeing it. You need to change your focus and quit looking behind you and start looking right in front of you. It's there for the asking. You need to change your focus. You need to change it. Come on. It's time to leave the old stuff in the past. Remember, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become. Come on. Come on. You got to embrace that. You got to accept. God has a new thing for me. Somebody shout with a loud voice. Leave the past behind. Why do you think they call it the past? Because you need to leave it. We've got to get to the place where we change our focus and start looking forward, forward. Forget the former things is what the Lord said to them in that scripture. That scripture is saying, don't dwell in the past. Some of us, y'all stuck in the past, in past hurts, past embarrassments, past frustrations, past failures. Forget the former things is what the Lord said. Don't dwell on the past. If you continue looking behind, you can't see where you're headed. You can't see where you're headed. Now, I know I got at least one or two, maybe three or four drivers or would-be drivers in the house this morning. So that brings me to the question. Have you ever noticed that your car has this big old window in the front? We call it a windshield. It's so that you can see all of the stuff in front of you. How I many know you can see a good amount of things through that windshield? Even through your peripheral vision, you can see stuff. 
That car is designed so that you can see things fairly easy that's in front of you at a great distance away. However, when it's time to look behind you, did you notice there's a little object? It's called a rear view mirror. And when you look in that rear view mirror, it's just as a point of reference to where you came from in the back. Oh, I, see, I, I don't have somebody. Please work with the brother this morning. You, you look in that rear view mirror. It's small in nature. It's the device to cause you to be able to see the objects that's behind you. And it's only for occasional use. <laughs> Meaning every now and then you, you, you look and you say, okay, okay, that's, that's where I'm at. But guess what? There are a whole lot of us that we drive. And we constantly look in the rearview mirror. How many of you drive your vehicle looking in the rearview mirror the whole time? I tell you what, I don't care what insurance you have. All state, state, farm, progressive, at some point in time, when they look at you, they're going to say, cha-ching. Because they know that you are accident waiting to happen. Because all you concern yourself with is what's in the past, what's in the rear view. I, I've left that place. If you embrace what I'm saying, it's time to leave the past in the past. There's nothing you can do about it. It's happened. And, and please, I'm not trying to diminish. I'm not trying to make light of it. It may have been horrific. It may have been life-altering. You may say to yourself, I'll never get over it. Well, if you speak that, trust me, you will never get over it. The Bible says that there's death and life in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if you continue to speak negativity into the atmosphere, guess what happens? Negativity comes around you. Negativity becomes a part of you, and that's all you have to look forward to. Because you won't release, you won't let go of your past. Now, spiritually speaking, the type of action means that you're not looking where you're going. When you constantly look in the rearview mirror, puts you in a position to cause accidents, not just to be an accident. But looking behind or backwards, which again, it represents your past. It represents the past. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, that if you're going to move forward in Christ, if you're going to move on into the new thing that Christ has for you, you must learn to rely on the present. Somebody say current events. <laughs> you, you got to learn that you can't rely on your past victories. I know somebody sitting there saying, I remember when the Lord delivered me. I remember when God brought me out. Well, that's great for a point of reference. But my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, please don't live there. Don't dwell there because your past victories can't sustain you in your present situation. You've got to forget the former things. Now, we're still talking about the children of Israel. So allow me to, to state their case. Remember how God delivered them out of Egypt. If you go to the 14th chapter of Exodus in your spare time, but, but I know you Bible scholars remember how God had spoken to Moses and told him, at this night, I will deliver you. I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him, I said, let my people go. 
Moses went to Pharaoh, and I can imagine the conversation because here is Pharaoh, the king of all the land, and he has people bowing down before him. And here comes this Israelite Moses saying, uh, Lord, says it's time for us to get up out of here. You know, modern day vernacular. Uh, we got to keep it moving. We, we can't stay here. And then he began to have this dialogue. And then all of a sudden, Moses got real serious because God was speaking through him to tell him, if you don't let us go, some unfortunate events will happen. And so those things started happening. And then Pharaoh was asking him, would you please leave? <laughs> Matter of fact, let me give you some bling to take with you. He gave him everything. And they began to leave. And as they began to leave, the Bible says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart that he might get honor from him. He said, now, as the children of Israel began to flee with all of the wealth and all of the things that he gave them, the people said, wait a minute. What did we just do? We let our servants go. That means I'm going to have to be cooking. That means I'm going to have to be cleaning around. Pharaoh said, yeah, what in the world was I think? Go after him. The Bible says 600 chariots of men, they began to go after them. And as they're going after them, the Bible says that now they get to this place where all of us get to at some point in time, where all we can see is what's in front of us. Can we just be real? Some stuff that's in front of us, we just can't phantom in our mind. How are we going to get over this? How are we going to make it through this? Because now Pharaoh's army is behind them. And where they are, the Red Sea is in front of them. And on the left and right are mountains. Pharaoh said, we got them now, boys. We got them trapped. You know what God said? What's that you got in your hands? Is it a rod? He said, stretch it out. See, sometimes you've got just what you need. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. See, see, somebody in here, God is making a way for you. He's putting you in a position to be an entrepreneur. He's putting in you a position to go back to school. He's, ah, thank you, Jesus. He's putting in you a position to be successful. But he says, what do you have in your hand? See, some of us, we don't, we, we, we've got it in our hand, but we got to do something with it. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we got to do something with it. We can't just talk about it. We got to do something with You know what? God can do that. He said, now guess what? Take what you have in your hand. Now I just want you to stretch it out. See, this is where faith comes in. Because you know how some of us, we're hard-headed. What's this going to do? If I take it, what is this going to do? Would you just use the Nike slogan, just do it? And when he stretched it out, the Bible said that the Red Sea, oh, I'm saying to you, when he did what God said, things began to happen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Things began to happen. So now the Red Sea opens up. And the Bible said that what he did was Pharaoh's army is behind him. The Red Sea now is opened up. So what God does, what he does is he puts this cloud between them. But in front of them, there's a pillar of fire so they can see their way. See, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I can see because God has lighted it up for me. But they can't see. They're in the blind. But the children of Israel is constantly moving. The Bible said, now, help me, Jesus. How many of you, just, just asking, uh, ever go on a vacation uh, Myrtle Beach, uh, Atlantic City, you know where, where you can put your feet in, in the water, tap on it. Usually, if you do that and, and you just want to walk barefooted in the sand, you know what happens? 
your feet begins to kind of sink a little bit. And you see the imprint of your feet, right? And it's kind of a little bit mushy, muddy, if you please. Well, the Bible said he made a strong east wind to come out through the night. It, it blew the water, and, and all that there is is walls of water. And he said, now, I've got your back. They can't see you. You keep it moving. And he said that the ground they walked on was dry ground. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. It was dry. I said that to bring to your remembrance all you beach goers. You know good and well for it to be dry. That means when you step on the sand, it's not going to sink. It's not going to leave your footprint. They walked on dry ground. And the Bible said as they began to do it, he let the cloud lift up. And then they saw the children of Israel. They said, it's our time. <laughs> we got them now. <laughs> Somebody said, God is working on my behalf. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, when you go through some stuff, you just got to stand flat-footed and declare the word of the Lord. You said, Lord, you never leave me nor forsake me. I'm feeling a little bit forsaken, Lord, because they, they kind of right on our tail. He said, no problem. The Bible said that he allowed the chariot wheels to start falling off. <laughs> Can you imagine 600 chariot rising? Get it. We got him now. Get it. What happened? The wheels are now gone. Now they're dragging. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, Moses, remember that rod? He said, yeah, Lord. He won't have to tell him twice now. <laughs> Stretch it forth. As he stretched it for the walls representing water caved in on them. Can you imagine tons of water crashing in on you? You're not only drowning, you're being crushed. The Bible said that, the, that they could see the, the Egyptians just floating. Somebody said that was a past victory. <laughs> you can't live on that. God is doing a new thing. So he says, no, no, we, we can't dwell on the fact that I, I gave you that victory. God wanted them to remember, yeah, but don't stay there. God wanted them to remember that he caused his enemies to be defeated. You know all of those ites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Persites, the Hevites, <laughs> the Jebusites, so that they would be able to dwell in the land of promise. They were able to defeat them because God was with them. Somebody say, God is with me. Another time. But he said, just forget about it. It was when he gave him a huge victory over Jericho. Y'all Bible scholars know it. Jericho was impregnable. It was a wall that stood so high that the people of Jericho never conceived in their mind we could ever be defeated. They would go look over the mighty walls they had built. And they see their enemy trying to come. And they look at him and laugh. Look at them. They are so foolish. They can't impregnate these walls. And so know what God did? He'll take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. He said, listen, I want y'all to march. March for Jesus. <laughs> it was a march. He said, now, now in this march, I don't want y'all to say anything. You know, some of us, we would have had a serious problem. Because, I mean, our cell phone would have been going, wait a minute, let me text you. I mean, we, I mean, we just would have had a problem with obeying, don't speak. It was for six days. And on the seventh day, he was going to let them say something. He said, but for six days, I want you to lap around that wall. Don't say nothing. 
Can you imagine the people of Jericho, they look at that. What? What? What, is what? what happened? We must even get the joke. They don't even have any weapons. Shh. Hush your fuss. Don't say nothing. One day they walk around there. Don't say nothing. Two days, some of us right about the second day were like, please get out. I say, no. Hush. Now they're walking around. Finally, they get to the sixth day. And, and somebody said, we can speak now. He said, nope. Now I want you to lap it seven times. But watch this. He said, but after the seventh time, you know all that energy you had built up in you, all of those words you wanted to say. He said, I want you to express, oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I want you to express it with a shout. I, I want you to express it with a praise. I, I want you to express it with thanksgiving. I, I want you to say, Jesus, I thank you. He said, now they walk around in that seventh time, and then he said the word, shout. Can I get me somebody to shout what Jesus is doing in your life? Shout for how God is bringing you out. Shout for how he's delivering you. So when they shout, the Bible says that the walls of Jericho, now I know you, you've seen these before. Some of the uh, casinos there in Las Vegas, they want to bring and erect new ones. So what they do is they call an implosion, not an explosion, but implosion. So they put charges in designated places that when they hit the button, it will implode and just fall down. When Jesus, God, speaks and he says, shout, it is something when you do what he tells you to do, when he tells you to do it. See, that's the key. Being obedient when he tells you to do it, not for you to figure out, oh, I'll do it. When. No. So now they shout with the voice of triumph. Can you? And it is proposed that the children of Israel was a million thick. <laughs> that's a lot of folk. And they all lifted up their voice. And let me say this. It's something about releasing into the atmosphere a praise unto God. There, there's something about releasing into the atmosphere an acknowledgement that you're God and you're God alone. And once they said that, the Bible says that Jericho, that mighty fortress, fell down. Modern day, an implosion took place. And all of a sudden, he said, don't remember the former things. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's not all we remember that and then even those that survived a split in the wilderness and how God brought about a victory and granted it to Moses over the rebellious group of Korah you get a chance read it it's in Numbers the 16th chapter and you know sometimes when you're working with folk there are times people can become full of themselves, begin to think that they're large and in charge, begin to take matters into their own hand. Let me just help you in a modern day vernacular kind of way. Allow me to paraphrase what they said. They came to Moses and they told Moses, you're not all of that. All the people in the congregation are holy and the Lord is with them. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you agree that God hears what we say? 
Come on, can I have an interactive congregation? Okay. So you believe that God hears what you say. Allow me then to say, it would behoove us not to speak ill against leadership, against those that are in authority. In private, because sometimes I think people have roast pastor when they go home. <laughs> roast the pastor. So don't do it in private, and most certainly, don't do it in public. It's just not wise to say things about God's anointed. And Korah and the crew, they were blatantly just doing it. They didn't care what nobody said. And since you have already agreed that God hears everything, somebody say amen on that. God told Moses to gather 250 people together in one place. And then he said, now I'm going to show you who's my spokesperson. And he instructed Moses to have all of the others in the congregation separate themselves from Korah in the crew. Because he was about to administer his wrath. <laughs> the Bible simply says... In this account, is a true account. When you get a chance, read it. Numbers of 16th chapter. The Bible says that the earth opened up and swallowed all of those folk. Somebody in your mind has a big question. mark. How oh, that could happen? Anybody heard of a sinkhole? Not too many years ago, in, uh, I want to say it was Florida, a big sinkhole in the middle of the night swallowed a whole house with a man that was in bed. Don't tell me God can't open up the ground if he didn't want, if he wants to. He did that just to show that I can give you all kinds of victory. Whew. The earth opened up, swallowed them up, and God showed himself once again mighty, putting things back in order. Hmm. Let's, let's get back to our text here. We find that the children of Israel are in captivity. The previous victories were not doing anything for their current situation or their present situation. They were in need of fresh word from the Lord. They, they were in need of a new miracle, a new victory. There was no question of what victories were performed in the past tense because we already established that God had granted them victories in those cases. Amen? However, the question on the floor is, that might be asked, what victories are being manifested in your life? Thirdly, in order to move on into the new thing that Christ has gotten and prepared for you, you've got to be aware that you can't allow your past failures to possess you. In other words, don't dwell on them. Thank you, Father, I gotta give you thanks because Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I gotta give you praise because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive and with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.